Oh my gosh. Okay. Guys, I'm so scared. (laughs) First of all, I'm so sorry that we're like meeting like this. (laughs) Does not matter to me. I'm having a great time already. (laughs) Me too. I... I'm a changed woman, I've got to say. Lauren, like, does not really like horror at all. Like, she's read horror books before, but, like, this is her first, like, extreme horror. And she she is a changed <laughs> woman. I don't want to spoil her thoughts, but she's... <laughs> the suspense, the suspense is killing me. <laughs> I think this is also my first extreme horror. <gasps> I mean, apart from 100% match, but that was, uh, like, a stupid book. Beginner. <laughs> yeah, that one was whack. Those were the training wheels. Yes, for sure. Hi everyone, welcome back. We are your three favorite booksellers. My name is Carlos. I'm Lauren. And I'm Rose. And we are joined by a special guest, the horror thriller queen herself of BookTube, Haley Hughes. Hello. Oh my God, that was a wonderful intro. Thank you. <laughs> what made you want to read Dead Inside? Um, I first just have to ask that. It's so popular and so hotly contested in the extreme horror community. Like, People go back and forth. I feel like some people will live and die by dead inside. They're like, it was my extreme horror awakening. And then some people literally have ripped pages out of the book. I saw that. (laughs) It it was a woman that was like, this book is disgusting. And she like tears it up. (laughs) I actually love her. Like she is one of my favorite creators, but it's a very divisive book. Like people cannot decide. There is not a consensus if it's good or bad. So I thought it would make a good discussion and it was so popular yet I hadn't read it. So it was just perfect. I'm ready. I'm so ready. Dead Inside by Chandler Morrison. Should should we read what the back of the book, like the synopsis says, even though it hilariously is like not at all what this book is about? <laughs> There's one that describes it as being erotic. <gasps> oh, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Maybe they changed it. Maybe that's like the old description. What if we just say it's a romance between two people who do not fit in society? Is it a romance though? (laughs) I mean... I mean... (laughs) I mean... Low key, I feel like it could be. It's a romance for someone, I guess. Representation matters for sociopaths as well, so... It does. You know what? (laughs) Pardon me. A young hospital security guard with a disturbingly unique taste in women, a maternity doctor with a horrifically unusual appetite. When the two of them meet, they embark on a journey of self-discovery while shattering societal norms and engaging in destructively aberrant behavior as they unwittingly help each other understand a world in which neither seems to belong. They begin to realize what it truly means to be alive and that it might not always be a good thing. I found the description that has the erotic. (laughs) Please take the floor. In this bleak and disturbingly erotic debut novel, Iconoclast... Do we know what that means? <laughs> Chandler Morrison <laughs> provides readers with a dark exploration of the nature of death, individuality, and generational identity. Along the way, lines will be crossed, taboos will be violated. 
effects. Yes. And common decency will take an extended leave of absence. This is not for the faint of heart or weak of stomach or anyone who enjoyed Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh my <laughs> God. They just want to be different so bad. Like this is the thing with the extreme horror community. And Rose, you can probably attest to this. Like <laughs> it's all edgelords. Like they just want to be different so bad. And that description just captures it so well. <laughs> Very. It gave, I'm not like other girls, but it was a guy. <laughs> it was giving Cole Sprouse in a big way. It was so Cole Sprouse. Not oh Cole, <laughs> literally down to the cigarette. I can't. We were just talking about Cole and Dylan. <laughs> we were, and how disgusted we were that we did not grow up Zach girlies. We were Cody girlies. No, I was a proud Zach girly, and I've been vindicated. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> I. Should I say how I felt about this book straight off the bat? All right, guys, listen. Spoilers, trigger warnings. This is definitely Big. like we have never talked about a book like this. So ever. Yeah. There's going to be talks of necrophilia. Cannibalism. Things that have to do with fetuses. Just if you don't, don't listen to this episode <laughs> if you don't like that. Just don't listen to it, period. <laughs> if extreme horror is not your thing then probably sign off. But if you are here for a scary, silly time, then welcome. We warned you. <laughs> and that was a very appropriate warning. Yeah, but <sighs> I love this book. Go, yeah, go into your thoughts. <laughs> no, <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> stop. I loved it, you guys. <laughs> Wait, so did I. <laughs> yes! Fuck yes. I was so scared. Rose was showing me your text messages and I was like, oh my God, she's going to think I'm the craziest psycho in the world. Not at all. I loved it. And I think my entire audience is going to be so shocked, gooped, gagged by that take. I think everyone's expecting me to abhor this book. <laughs> but in fact, I did not. I can't stop thinking about it. It is my current personality. I'm like, okay, well that maybe not Ew, personality. Don't, yeah, do not make it your personality, please. <laughs> she starts smoking inside right now. She just pulls out a cigarette. <laughs> I just, wow, I was not expecting this at all. And like, if anything, watching reviews of other people's reactions of this book only made me love it more because I was like, everything that they didn't like about it, I was like, that's why I rated it so highly. <laughs> I feel like I still can't process everything. I haven't even gave it a star rating. I don't know if I can. I feel like it's going to be the one book that I can't rate because I just like I can't comprehend. I can't put it on a scale of one to five. It's just so yeah, it's just so I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I don't think I can rate it. I feel like that's a very common feeling with extreme horror. Like every time someone messages me and they're like, I just read my first extreme horror book. They're in a crisis. They don't know how to read it. I was the same way when I read Cows. That was my first extreme horror book was Cows by Matthew Stokoe. One that of was your horrifying first. books ever written. And I was like, I can't rate this. And still to this day, I think I just like have it rated as a three star because it's just right down the middle. It's traumatizing. You don't know where to go at first. I asked Rose this previously, and I think she gave a really good response but because I have not dipped my toes in horror a ton I did read Playground by Aaron Beauregard that one I was also like Carlos struggling with how to rate it because I was like 
well, I can't say that it was good or I'm going to be locked right. in jail <laughs> and I can't read it badly because it did its job. I'm extremely horrified. I mean, everybody rates subjectively, obviously, but I rate very, very, very subjectively for extreme horror, especially even if like an author says that they meant to do something else. I still like take it as whatever I got from the book. <sighs> yes. So I'm like, okay, it's the feeling that I got, even if, okay, things were horrifying. It's like, okay, but did I like how it was done? Did I feel like it wasn't just the author's voice, but they were actually trying to be creative? You know what I mean? So you are speaking my language. <laughs> I love that take because every time I critique an extreme horror book, it's like no one in the extreme horror community wants to hear it. They're like, well, that was the intention. So immediately all your opinions are invalid. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> except no, because that doesn't happen with any other genre. Like, can you imagine if that happens with fantasy? Like someone was like, oh, this magic system like didn't really work for me. It was very confusing. I'm going to give this book two stars. And all the comments were like, that was actually the intention of the author. Like no other genre has this issue. So I really appreciate that. We see each other. I will say when I first finished this book, I was like, I think it's a three from me. I was like very unsure of how I felt. But then, God, as it just like saturated its horribleness into my body, I was like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I wanted to talk about it with everyone. And like, I mean, I didn't. But only the people that knew what the book was and like, or even yeah. had read it. I like just couldn't shut up about it. And then I was like, is this book a four? And I was like, this book is a four. And then in my heart, I'm like, is it a five? It's not. I don't think. I, I don't think. <laughs> we'll go into detail, but I, I loved it. I'm still like processing it as well, like Carlos. But okay, when I first went into the book, I was like, oh my gosh, is this like the author's voice is coming through? Is he like this main character? Because since it is first person, I'm just like, Ew, gross. And I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. You have sex with dead girls. Jeez. Cool. After we watched like a little, we watched a YouTube video where the girl like interviewed kind of Chandler Morrison. I saw like his perspective and I was like, okay, I see what he was going for. And I, it really like shined through, I guess. Cause it felt campy, but also it could have been campy in a way that it's serious too. So I couldn't tell, like my brain wasn't processing it, but I think I was entertained. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I was definitely entertained. <laughs> what does he have to do? Throw the baby at you? Come on. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that you have pages of notes, Haley, and I'm just thrilled. I'm thrilled. I, I was taking notes as I was reading whenever it just like struck me. And I'm like, surely I'll have like a 50% update and like maybe a 75 and then a final. Oh no, I have like 2%, 20%. Like every single break in the writing, like there were no chapter breaks, which was weird. Yeah, It just felt like this long fever dream. But every time there was a little break, I was like furiously writing because... I was just intrigued from the first page. And I get what you're saying. Like the campiness was there. I think there's a very important distinction for me with extreme horror. And it's, is this the author's voice? And that's a very specific feeling that I get where I'm out of the world of the book. And now I'm thinking about 
this man who wrote the book and myself and how that interaction might go versus am I just in the world of the book and I'm horrified? And that kind of feels more self-aware. And I definitely think Dead Inside was the latter. It felt over the top. It felt like it was riffing on itself. Like there would be something misogynistic that immediately I would go, oh, that's horrible. And then two paragraphs later, it would be like, but don't call me a misogynist. And I'm like, oh, okay. You knew what you were doing there. (laughs) Any review that I've read, people were like, he hates women. And I'm like, that's your problem with the main character? That he hates women? (laughs) Not that he's fucking their dead corpse like what please please (laughs) so right off the bat i'm like you shouldn't be reading this book then that's i just think that that's what it is this is satire there's no way that this is real you guys please i mean (laughs) when i first was reading it i was like is this an autobiography is he trying to tell me something But yeah, no, I see the satire now for sure. Throughout the day, Lauren has been with me like all day today. (laughs) She's just been telling me like her thoughts. And I'm like, I think I've been convinced. I've just been throwing my opinions at Rose all day, not giving any time for it to, to settle in her brain. I'm just like, no, this is what it is. I promise. It's worked. I, I think I enjoyed this book more than, oh what I thought. I definitely did too. Do I like this book? (laughs) I think you liked it. Okay, do I love this book? (laughs) No! Literally, after we finished though, I just felt like I needed to go to prison though. like We all deserve jail time, for sure. I don't (laughs) think that. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is a hugely unpopular opinion, but like when I get that, like that very specific uncomfortable feeling, then I'm like, okay, I need to take a shower. I need to go to jail. But this is so different than that. Like, this is the type of extreme horror that I love because it's for a reason like it has something to say so it's not like we're just sitting around taking in this disgusting content for no reason right that's the type of extreme horror that i'm like throw it in the trash burn it fahrenheit Mm -hmm. 451 this bitch like we're done but (laughs) this one it has meaning and i think it's worthwhile and i'm sad that people seem to be misunderstanding this one to the point where i literally thought i was going to give it one star going in yeah and i was so dramatically wrong I actually watched reviews prior to even jumping into the book. Just I wanted to like almost psych myself up for it. And so many people were like, it was just so dry. Like the main character is not likable. And I'm like, do you, how could the main character be likable? Like this man is clearly not a good guy. He is having sex with dead women. Like you want him to be Captain America outside the morgue? Like I don't know what you want. (laughs) And so that just already irritated me. And then just people saying that it didn't really have plot or that it like, I don't know, just opinions that I was like, I feel like that's just not true. And I'm glad that I went into it with that headspace because, yeah, turned out they were all wrong. They were so wrong. (laughs) I think part of the issue, though, is that this book blew up on TikTok. Mm. So a lot of the reviews are from readers that don't engage with extreme horror often. Mm. And I will notice if there's someone who has never read extreme horror before and they immediately have that like I don't know kind of reaction I'm like okay maybe it's not for you but Lauren it seems like it's for you like you didn't (laughs) of that I think you've discovered a new genre I 
enjoyed this book way more than I thought I would. Like it was it was what I signed up for, you know, like it's extreme horror. I knew that I was going to be extremely horrified. The people that are like, this book is sick, two stars, one star. I'm like, girly, that's the point. Like, it's not supposed to be a walk through wildflowers over here, please. I don't know. I love that you put it that way. A walk through wildflowers. Like, (laughs) No, it is not that at all. (laughs) No. No, not one bit. Not unless there was a dead corpse there, then maybe he would walk through some wildflowers. But other than that, that. You want to tell us about our main character? Like, what does he do? What's so? Uh, we have the. I, does he have a name? No, I mean he does, but they they don't say it. Okay, so our main character is a guy who works as a security in a hospital, right? Mm-hmm. And he likes to go into the morgue at night and have sex with the corpses (laughs) (laughs) just for funsies just for funsies yep and we later meet helen yeah oh yeah she does have a name her name is helen who also works at the hospital she's a doctor people have been calling her a nurse she's not a nurse she's a maternity doctor lauren's been waiting for that moment (laughs) common misconception and she doesn't fuck corpses she eats them specifically (laughs) babies they're unalived babies. We're like, how much can we say? Yeah, I'm like... Ugh. Good thing is we're not monetized yet, so we're not losing any money here, but... That's true. Once we do, no money from this episode. It would be amazing if y'all were just like, and now a break. Thank you to Squarespace <laughs> for sponsoring <laughs> like, We're talking about eating babies, and we just cut to, and now for HelloFresh. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of iconic. I would honestly consider ordering HelloFresh if they (laughs) sponsor something like that. Wait, that'd be so funny. Code Helen. Code Helen, no. Haley, how how does our main character stumble upon Miss Helen? So she is in the morgue, naked, on a sheet, eating a dead baby that she had delivered the day before. Is this the same baby that the husband killed his wife and himself over okay that scene was like wow it's like okay great start honestly that was wild yeah because all the nurses were like security security come over here and he was like "Ugh, i'm like this lanky little thing like what can i even do (laughs) and so he goes anyway and yeah hubby is very distraught because i'm assuming the baby was like a stillborn or something like that the mom was holding it and it had already been deceased and so the dad was like no worries we'll meet them soon stabs the wife right through like her nipple or something i think it says yeah and then her eye and then he does it to himself and it's all with like a scalpel yeah that was crazy i was just like okay this is what we're doing i thought the story was going in a dramatically different direction after Mm -hmm. that like i thought oh this man was like hired to be security and he was completely ineffective like surely he's getting fired (laughs) and that just did not happen they were like "Eh, i guess you win some you lose some like (laughs) it also made me want to do research though because i'm like do they not have camera systems in morgues i don't because in the book they're like there's no cameras in here i feel like there are cameras everywhere 
it's a hospital. Especially in a hospital, yeah. I'm gonna I'm hit up Google super quick. Because I, I don't think they have them in rooms, right? There's no cameras in rooms. I'm gonna get flagged for this, by the way. If the police oh, come knocking on my door, please tell them you all knew me as a great person. <laughs> do morgues have cameras i'm like why do you want to know i've been seeing a lot of stuff on twitter about how they're not hiring men at morgues because they like to have sex with the corpses <gasps> yeah so they either hire women or they work in groups wow should there be surveillance cameras uh so yeah it's looking like none not so we love a book that is, in fact, correct with its information. There are no cameras in a morgue. <laughs> See, that is disturbing to me because I read extreme horror to be like, this would never happen. And it's very comforting to know that like this horrible stuff would never, ever happen in a million years. And I can go to sleep shutting the book, knowing that I'm safe from this depravity. But that is horrifying that they're literally leaning towards hiring mostly women because of this like mm -hmm. i just got chills all over my body when you said that and it is important to note that our main character who why he was never given a name not sure he specifically said that he likes to have sex with dead women because it's the best of everything they're they don't talk <laughs> they're cold and tight i think is a word that he used horrible he only needs to like serve himself so like he doesn't have to worry about their pleasure and basically he just said that that's how he likes his his women but he's not a misogynist so and i think that speaks so much to like the commentary of the book right it's like this guy is kidding himself he thinks that he's this edge lord and he's not misogynistic it's just what he prefers and it's like dude you're so scared that you won't be able to pleasure a woman or even fucking talk to a woman that you're so focused on your own pleasure and that's how misogyny fucking gets you bro you are a victim <laughs> <laughs> you're a victim of misogyny but I read Bukowski so I'm different uh... right right he's a evolved Oh my gosh when he was reading that one book towards the end and he was like this is hard to read even for me i was like dude please <laughs> it was giving some extreme horror creators on booktube it was really giving that i'm so sorry to say <laughs> Tea. Tea. <laughs> what i do appreciate is a good backstory because they give us a little bit of a backstory of how this necrophilia came to be and it's it's as awful. It's as awful as you would um, think. And basically, he's at a party. It's in college, right? He's in college. It's like a frat party or something like that. I thought it was high school, but I don't know. Yeah, he was a freshman in high school. Goes to a party, sees a girl unconscious on a bed upstairs, locks the door, <clears throat> unconsensually touches and inserts himself in her. Yeah, he was like, wow, this is great. She like isn't bothering me and I'm getting all the pleasure. And then she ends up getting pregnant. She is not forced to abort the baby, but I guess like people, her boyfriend was like, don't keep it. And so she was pressured into not keeping it. Then she got depressed and slit her wrists and died. Yeah. Like, Yikes. wow, wow. But does he go and like, 
have sex with her corpse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. Yo, that's crazy. He's like, then I went to the the funeral home and I had my way with her one last time. And I was like, mm, oh, OK, OK. I do remember that. Yeah. Can I just say these characters had more depth and backstory than any character in Fourth Wing? Oh, don't wow. you fucking <laughs> dare. <laughs> Carlos. I'm so serious. Because we also got Helen's backstory. Their lives were so complicated. I'm getting in my car. I'm driving to beat your ass. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we got more from these characters in 200 pages than anything from the 500 pages of Fourth Wing. But anyway. Everyone come for Carlos in the comments. Come for him in the comments, please. But we have to go into Helen's backstory, too, because that was crazy. The way that I am going to hell because I laughed my ass off when this dad. You could not stop laughing. Oh, my God. When this dad (laughs) threw the ferret against the wall, (laughs) I was sobbing i was laughing so hard i was like because my my (laughs) imagining it in my head i just like (laughs) that was wild i was not expecting him to say that so helen as a child had a pet ferret and it was her favorite thing this is what i was even gonna say just the fact that a child is sleeping with a ferret every night that immediately just had me in in a weird space. I'm like, not you with a slimy little ferret in your bed. Red flag. That is immediately giving not like other girls. Like what eight-year-old is like, yeah, I sleep with a ferret. I'm scared of her already. And she has a baby brother. He's like in the crib, right? Yeah. She wakes up cold in the night. She's like, where has my ferret gone? He is no longer keeping me warm. And she finds the ferret eating her baby brother. Killed him, ate him. His face. Mom comes in, horrified, screaming, throws up, passes out on the floor. And then dies. Literally chokes to death. (laughs) The dad is like, oh my god, my son got his face eaten by a ferret and my wife is dead on the ground. Let me just toss this ferret at the wall. Pulls a total John Cena. Boom. Ferret's head busted open. Brain matter on the ground. And what does sweet, unassuming Helen do? She eats the ferret. (laughs) Why would she do it? (laughs) Nobody knows. Except I have a theory. So. Okay, theory. Wait, does she eat the ferret? I thought she just held it. I thought she ate it. Did she eat the ferret or did she eat the brother? She ate something. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a crazy question. (laughs) Did she eat the ferret or did she eat the brother? (laughs) Some kind of cannibalism awoken in her. Yeah, because she tastes something she tasted something and she's like i got a taste of that sweet sweet corpse and i'm never going back it was funny when she was telling the story and then the the main character he was like hell yeah samson kill that baby (laughs) he was like i love when kids die (laughs) literally he said that though he said that exact line yeah he did okay yeah what's your theory about her taste for ferret blood so if we take helen's backstory and mystery edgelord man's backstory i think chandler morrison 
and this is conjecture, like we don't know if this was his intention, but this is what I would like to believe. I'm a trauma therapist. I would like to believe these are two very different pictures of how people could possibly respond to trauma. They're like two extreme responses that kind of make sense in a weird way, in an extreme way, in an over-the-top way, which hence extreme horror. Especially the way that like they were so shocked when they disclosed their backstory to the other person Mm. that that person was not judging them for what happened. Like this acceptance was insane to them. And the way that, especially with Helen, her own self-loathing for her response was maximized. As soon as Mystery Man saw her in her response Mm -hmm. and the way all the traumatized, fucked up people with these massive responses can like see it in each other, which we haven't touched on the girl in the hospital bed. But as soon as our main character goes to see her, it's like he knows immediately, like I can see it in you. And it's very similar to the way that like people in real life, not extreme horror land, can see trauma in each other, oftentimes we recognize people that have gone through the same things as we have. So I just saw it as that in a very extreme way. And then Mystery Man kind of like said that he experienced this from birth. So it's giving psychopathy. And Miss Girl, Helen, had this extremely horrifying scenario happen to her. So it's giving sociopathy. Like these are just two very extreme cases of what I read in my textbooks in graduate school, which other people might not see it that way, but that's how (laughs) I choose to see it. So that's my theory. (laughs) And I stand by it. Especially like just the way that they responded during that situation as a child. I mean, she didn't necessarily want to be what she is or, or what she's doing, but like that was her response like immediately. I also really liked the contrast of how Helen understood what she was, but again, like you said, she hated herself for it, it seemed, and she like obviously progressively got a little batshit as the story went on, but at the very beginning, she was like ashamed that she liked to eat dead babies, and she could not really accept that about herself. Whereas polar opposite, our our man was like unashamed completely of how he liked to have sex with dead women. But I mean, he wasn't like screaming it from the rooftops by any means, but he was like, yeah, I'm a monster. It is what it is. I'm a sociopath, but not, not a misogynist. He loved being different. <laughs> in a weird way, I kind of related to that. Like, I could see myself in my trauma healing journey in both of these characters. Yeah. There were definitely times where I'm like, no, being a depressed middle schooler makes me so different. Let me just revel in the dark and read Fight Club by Chuck Palahniuk. <laughs> and then there have also been times where I'm Helen and I hate what I've gone through and the way that it affects me. And I just wish that I could be like normal people and not have Mm -hmm. this thing following me around all the time so I don't know that's the way that I like to see extreme horror I always go to my like weird psychological interpretations but there's a beautiful side to it if you dig there is for sure and I think I enjoyed so much his like little freak out where he was like 
oh my god wait Helen's also fucked up and a freak like am I am I just a normal person actually like is everybody fucked up this is my worst nightmare and I'm like you're not special please you saw his whole psyche just like crash down when he realized he's not the only person who's experienced trauma i hated him but i was like am i rooting for their love kind of (laughs) i was i was it's a romance i'm telling you it was a romance it was a romance in disguise did you want them to be in love carlos yeah i feel like they were perfect for each other in a weird way they were they needed to end up together they saw each other that was more romantic than fucking ugly love by colleen hoover i'm sorry (laughs) tell them (laughs) scream it scream it because they do they develop a little relationship against our main characters not against his will but against his like own mind yeah whatever it's just his urges exactly she kept asking him out and he was like i'm not gonna go on a date with you and she's like i didn't call it a date you did and he's like oh fine (laughs) she's like okay let's go on a date (laughs) (laughs) they went out to dinner right and then they they get back to her place and he's like oh my gosh am i hard for her she's like do you want to come inside and he's like "Ugh, i know what this means yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then he like runs out i don't even know did he even get his pants down or what he did get his pants down and she started jerking him off and then he uh he was like gotta go gotta go you're alive i gotta go (laughs) wait didn't didn't he come on the car and then he finished himself outside yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i was like at least like be inside your car ew (laughs) i was picturing him like feeling the cold metal of the vehicle and being like (laughs) right in the exhaust Stick it in there. Oh, we need we need to talk about Tamara, our girly pop, Tamara. Oh yes, Tamara, one of the patients. Yeah, she people people have very strong feelings about Tamara and her love for consensually unconsensual sex, I guess is what it can be called. I don't know. Oh god. I don't even know. Yeah. I had a very extreme reaction to this when I first read it and I was like okay this is the thing this is the thing that's causing people to rip the book okay I get it I kind of I understand it yeah but then as I kept reading I was like oh no she's just like our main guy and Helen she's just like convincing herself of this thing to cope so like obviously yes the narrative of like women enjoy being sexually assaulted it's horrible it's heinous and it's just untrue it's right extremely disrespectful to survivors to even say that but this is extreme horror and in this case i don't know it just feels like a coping mechanism it feels like something she tricked herself into believing and she was on her way out right she was dying so if that's the thing that she needed to tell herself in order to let go and move on as a survivor it resonates with me it felt problematic at first but the more that i read it it just felt extremely 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 sad and like a little relatable if you've ever tried to convince yourself of something that you know is not true just to try to be okay with it I I think I was just so shocked by it that I was like, 
oh my god someone really wrote this in a book like it was just kind of crazy to me and at first I was like I wonder if this is trying to just romanticize really really rough acts of intercourse this is a trend in extreme horror right now there's kind of like a a movement right now where extreme horror authors are like how far can we push the envelope and men are just saying the worst things they could ever possibly say about their female characters and i've read books with this trope where there's a male character that says this female character would like to be R word like that is the narrative that they want to push to be as terrible and edgy as they possibly can but in other books and I won't name them it felt icky to me it felt wrong it felt like there was no commentary and I did not get that same uncomfortable feeling with this book so I'm just gonna go ahead and get it. it gets the Haley pass I think it helps too. We get some of her backstory. Fine, Carlos, you win. There is a lot of backstory in this. (laughs) Because like even she, she tells us like her story of when she first started enjoying it. And obviously we're hearing her as a child about her uncle, I believe. She's seven. Yeah. We all know she was not enjoying that, but like her mind maybe to make it okay was like okay yeah i do enjoy this even though she doesn't right but then our our man his uh response was okay she's being really vulnerable with me she's telling me you know her her story what what it is that she likes whatever and he just i'm going to fuck you when you're dead And she's like, yeah, you are, aren't you? And he's like, that wasn't the response I thought. (laughs) She's like, no, no, I see you. You're, you're like me. You're, you're fucked up and let's, you know what? I'm going to enjoy it. And he was like, you're going to be dead. And she was like, I'll enjoy it. Trust me. And he was like, okay. Like (laughs) he was getting a little uncomfortable. And then that scene where he yeah. you know does the thing i was genuinely so creeped out when he was like and i didn't look at her because i thought i would look up and she would be smiling i was like that give me chills yeah that was wild but yeah that was the that was probably the hottest take of this book maybe i think so i think that's the thing that's upsetting reviewers the most yeah and then the clinic scene <laughs> oh Oh, God, not the clinic scene. And who wants to describe this clinic scene? I do not. (laughs) No. Please don't make me. Set the scene for me. Set the scene. Set the scene. One night, I think this is after the first little date, right? Um, Helen takes our main character to an abortion clinic because she's like, I don't normally do this at the morgue or at the hospital. Like, I normally break into different clinics at night when people aren't there. Right. And so she wants to take him to one of the places that she goes. Because her big thing is, I want you to watch me eat. Yes. And so she takes him in there and he's like going through, going through the trash cans. He's like, oh, is this where they keep them? And she says, no, that's just, you know, the needles and whatever. Because it says hazardous material or whatever. She opens the freezer and... Yeah, she's gone for, I think he says like 10 minutes or something like that. Because he finishes a whole cigarette and then he throws it in the (laughs) hazardous waste. And he's like, 
girly girl, you good in there? And she's like, got her mouth full. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all good, <laughs> all good things here. She's got little bits of baby in her, you know. She sits on her sheet and keeps devouring said infant. And she has to be naked to do this, her little ritual. She has to be completely naked. She doesn't want to get dirty. Yeah, that's what she says. But it's because she also likes to pleasure herself while she eats, which is a whole other... That's crazy. (laughs) Uh. So she's doing all that. She's eating. She's pleasuring. And our homeboy is like... Hard as a rock for this chick, okay? (laughs) And so he finishes himself while she does the same for herself. They're both done now, panting, just, oh my gosh, that was crazy. He ends up falling asleep for a little bit. Takes a little nap. Comes back to us, and she's like, got something behind her back, and she's like, I have a gift for you. And he's like, girl, no, I said I didn't want to bite. Like, please, that's that's your thing, not my thing. She's like, no, 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 silly goose. I want to put it on you, and you're going to, you know, have sex with it. And he's like, what? And she just kind of does it. He audibly gasps and is like, (gasps) he's like, this is the, I think he said like tightest and coldest thing he's ever felt. Not the word he, he uses the C word when he's describing. Oh yeah. He uses it a lot. That's rough. That for me, when he, he was describing that and he used the C word, I was just like, that's yucky. That's so yucky. For me, it was when he was describing holding its little waist. Oh, God. Oh, and his fingers were like digging in, right? Yeah. The head. Oh, my God. The head popping off. Well, because at first he said that it was just like kind of lopsided and like holding on by a little bit of flesh. And then as he kept being more vigorous we'll say it ended up toppling off and falling on his abdomen his chest or whatever just on on his body and then he even says yes i'm fucking a headless dead baby that's what it is now while he is eating out helen oh yeah first of all the wording for that was awful too because he's like helen just keeps gushing and i'm like (laughs) for what for what like please (laughs) this is where things like started to turn into a fever dream for me i'm like okay how did we get here how am i just like okay yeah i'm reading this and this is happening literally i because i went back and forth with reading the book and the audio but i did mostly audio brave soldier for that by the way i yeah you are don't know how i did that but i was literally like someone wrote this like someone had to come up with this scene put pen to paper and submit it for the world to devour Devour. okay that was a bad choice of words but (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) i was interested to know everyone's reaction too because like i've read other books that have scenes with fetuses that are like this and this 
felt like not the worst. I don't want to say the worst, but kind of. I would agree with you. Yeah, because it wasn't even extremely like there wasn't a lot of imagery. I sped read that scene because I just wanted to get it over with. That scene and I think it was the opening scene were the hardest ones for me like squeamish wise because the opening one was really bad with him describing like the the death gases coming out of the corpse and pressing down on its stomach and like yeah i am not a body horror person so all the like bodily function fluid talk that's when i was like i have to take a break and put this book down also wasn't there a scene where she was eating a baby and took a bite out of its head and like slurped up the brains or something because that if i remember correctly that's the part that i was like what the fuck am i reading i literally almost threw up was that the ending wait what was it again where she like took a bite out of the head of the baby and like he described like the slurping noises that she was making while she was like eating the brain (laughs) oh it's at the end oh is it at the end okay can i read this I'm just going to read the second half of it. Okay. Gnawing on it a little and then slurping the rest up like a spaghetti noodle. Yeah. Page 157 for our listeners. Because <laughs> that was her baby with main character. <gasps> I thought that was so good, by the way. I thought that was so good that she got pregnant and she was like, I'm going to be mom of the year. And then all of a sudden she was just going downhill and she was like, just kidding. It's going to be fucked up like the both of us. Maybe it'll be a serial killer. And I was like. <laughs> that made me kind of sad when he was like, you're going to end up eating the baby. And then with like what happened at the end, I felt like he kind of got into her mind about that. And she was overthinking like, okay, I guess I'm just going to end up doing that. Like, I kind of felt bad that he kept saying that. I felt the same way. Like, that's not her fate. Just because that's what she's done up to this point. She's capable of change. She can be the queen and the mother we want her to be. Mother could be mothering, but he's not giving her the chance. Exactly. (laughs) Intergenerational trauma. That's how it happens. (laughs) Yikes. Yikes, yikes. What about the uh, the car crash? Right? I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I was like on the edge of my seat. So basically what happens is our main character is driving home and he sees a car crashed into a tree. And he at first he's like, ooh, maybe there's a dead girl in there and she's fresh. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks up and there is a dead girl in the car, but she's not dead yet. She's on her way out. She's seconds away from death. And she's like, help me. I'm not okay. And the fact that, like, she was about to die and she goes, I'm not okay. Like, me. (laughs) Me. So he has this crisis of conscience where he's like, do I intervene or do I hide in the bushes, wait for her to die and fuck her corpse? And we're like... I was on the edge of my seat. I'm like, what is he going to do? And he experienced human connection. And for some unknown reason to him, he experiences compassion, empathy, and calls and saves her life. Yeah. And you can even still see him in the crisis after he's made the call because to the paramedic, he's like, don't tell me if she makes it or not. And then he's like, wait, yeah, do tell me. And then he's like, wait, no, don't. And then he's like, do. It's <laughs> like, bro, your whole psyche is being torn apart in front of our eyes. <laughs> yes. I was so surprised because like he took off something, right? And then put it on her forehead because she had like a gash or whatever. 
And then it said, with the other hand, he called 911. I was like, what? He He's actually calling for help? I mean, I feel like towards the end, before that, you start seeing a little bit of development in his character. So I did think he was going to call. You had faith in him, not yeah, me. Yeah, I did. Because you can see how like Helen starts losing it. And then he starts like, he starts becoming more compassionate. So our king is healing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then when he meets the guy at the bar. Immediately, I knew. Me too. Me too. I knew it. Our main character goes to a bar and meets a guy that's having marriage problems. And he gives him a little bit of advice, which he doesn't do very often, to bring home flowers. Which advice is loose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the guy's like, my wife's cheating on me. My wife's cheating on me. And our main character's like, I mean, buy her flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Grasping at straws. But then his inner monologue is like, ugh, who am I? I'm saving marriages out here now. I'm like... <laughs> yeah, I actually highlighted a line that says, what is happening to me? I'm saving lives, saving marriages, and helping start families for fuck's sake. And I wrote, we love character development, period. He had an arc. Like, he really had yes, an arc. Yes, he really did. I felt so dumb, though. Like, I did not put two and two together that this was Helen's husband mm. sitting at this bar. And he had kind of had these like little to the side interactions with like characters that obviously aren't going to come up again. As soon as he was like, my wife's cheating on me. I was like, oh, that's Helen's husband. I didn't know that immediately. But over the course of the conversation, I was like, oh, you have to be related in some way. It would only make sense that you're connected to Helen. I didn't think it was. A husband i didn't remember that she had a husband well i don't think we knew right oh okay so i wasn't dumb i just wasn't supposed to know yeah well because he said like oh she hasn't been wearing her wedding rings and so that obviously would have been dialogue for our main character to be like um why do you keep hitting on me like you're married right i know you eat dead babies but there's a line adultery is my line yeah i literally turned to lauren during that like little scene I was like that's Helen's husband huh and she was like I can't lie yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so we know that this is Helen's husband well kind of towards the end but her pregnancy I was rooting for her to be a mom I kind of was too same I was rooting for it so then when she called him sad and was like it's it's dead inside first of all I squealed because I was like the title we love hearing that title. <laughs> I did not catch that. Didn't he say something along the lines of like, are you sure? And she's like, I'm a fucking maternity doctor. Of course I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this man really does not give a shit about Helen. He remembers nothing about her except for her her dead eyes and her golden hair that's always just yeah. perfectly over her shoulders. Always how he describes her. Also, I feel like Helen's description, minus the blonde hair, is literally Helena from the music video Helena by My Chemical Romance. Like, literally all goth girls wanted to look, me included, wanted to look like Helena. And that is our main character's dream woman. Real. That is so real. I did not even put that together <laughs> until right now. Just her like, yes. Oh, when he he gets to the house or to Helen's house and she, was she already naked? I mean, probably. She was already prepped and ready to go. That's why she couldn't open the door. Yeah, he described her as like her legs were open, ready to 
whatever. And in the end, she does eat her own baby. Okay, guys. And it's so... uh, I'm so sad for Helen. She digs around in her stomach like a grocery bag and (laughs) pulls this thing out. You know what it reminded me of? The Poppy War. There is a scene in The Poppy War. It's like at the very end. So like, sorry, spoilers, guys. Um, (laughs) Of a pregnant woman. She's getting R-worded. And the, I forgot what they're called, but he basically like digs into her stomach, takes out the baby, and then like rips the head off. Uh-uh. Should I read fantasy? The Poppy War is so good. You like Ring Shout? You're like, huh. But yeah, it reminded me a lot of the Poppy War in that scene. I always remember that scene in the Poppy War because it was so crazy to me when I first read it. Poor Helen. Oh my gosh. She was eating her baby and she was and like bleeding out. Yeah. But she was like giddy. That's the way that our character described him or described her. And she was just like losing it at that point. Like, yeah, she was doped up on Vicodin and she yeah. was having blood loss mm-hmm. from giving herself a C section. Yeah. And he's just watching her, right? He just watches her till she dies and then he's like, okay. My turn. Well, because she's like, I want you to have sex with me. And he's like, not till you're done. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) This book is crazy. I can't. Okay, yeah, the end, he goes absolutely feral on her body. Like, before we were seeing him do some questionable things to these bodies, but like, with Helen, different level. Pulling her hair, the the eye socket, like... Her organs, everything. Yeah, he was like, I've always wanted to do this. Scoop, like eyeball out of socket and just like... Oh yeah, I forgot that. Replaces <laughs> her eye with his penis. Also a common trend in extreme horror. In, in a... Yeah. The eye socket gets played with a lot. Men, who knows? They have some kind of something about that. Talk about a mind fuck. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> oh, sorry. I love a good pun. Wait, Rose, what was the pun that... Oh, the Little Caesars! Oh my gosh. <gasps> little Caesar. <laughs> little Caesar. This was the dream, right? Yeah. Where everyone came together to eat a little boy named Caesar. And she was like... <laughs> And we will eat Little Caesar. And I was like, (laughs) that was iconic. And that was one of the moments that I was like, this book is not taking itself seriously. This Mm isn't like edgelord material. This is someone riffing on that because not Little Caesar. (laughs) In that moment, I was like, it's a four from me. At the bare minimum, it's a four. I knew, I knew with Little Caesar. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I underlined it. I love this book. I would love to hear your thoughts on other extreme horror books. Like, I think this is a new era. (laughs) We're going to see where this takes me. I'm a little scared. I'm a lot of scared. I'm excited for you. Me too. Carlos, are you going to read any more extreme horror? I think I might. I did enjoy this enough to where like, I'm like, okay, I, I think I do like extreme horror. What what was your final rating, Carlos? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you have to rate it. <laughs> do I? Yes. Do I have to? It can't go unrated, please. I'll give it, I'll give it a 3.5. Safe. Okay. Fair. Maybe once I read more extreme horror, I'll go back and change it. Rose, after talking more about it and letting it simmer. I, is this a 4.5 for me? (gasps) It might be. After this, I was, 
I think it is. <laughs> oh my god. No shot. I think it is. I was not convinced in the beginning, like whenever I first started reading it. And then after hearing one of our other coworkers, Nick, talk about it, I was like, okay, maybe am I gonna hate this? And so I went into it thinking I was not gonna like it. And then I 4.5. Okay. I think I do like it. I love it actually. Oh my god. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, the first time I heard about this book was from Nick, and it was a couple months ago before it blew up, and he wanted me to read it, and I was like, okay, I'll give it a try, but then I never read it until now. And Nick rated it a two. I think the clinic scene is what brought it down for him. And he's read a decent amount of, you know, disturbing books, and he was like, I never thought I had a line, but that was it. I just had a thought. I think many people, this is, this is all alleged. But maybe people in the extreme horror community like to be different and they like to say, I like to read dark literature. And maybe some part of them subconsciously does not like that Chandler Morrison is ripping them to shreds because you're not different, girly. You're not. This is making fun of those people and that's why they are having such an extreme reaction. Mm. (laughs) So, hub. By Matt Shaw. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's banned from Amazon. It's banned from Goodreads. It's like basically child corn on the cob. Okay? It's horrible, 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 horrible. Worst thing I've ever heard of. And I refuse to read it and refuse to give this author a platform. And there are people who have given that piece of flaming garbage, which should be burned for Fahrenheit 451 style, five stars that have given Dead Inside one. And I think that says all it needs to say. I watched videos of people that did read it. Same. And I was like, this sounds like somebody, somebody's fantasy, you know, like their own personal fantasy that they're writing out. And that is the line. That is the line where it's like, you're no longer riffing. There's no longer commentary. You're just a sicko. And Chandler Morrison is like, these sickos, here they are. And let's make fun of them. It's punching you in the face being like, this is a joke. Why are you taking me seriously? Stop. Please stop. And that take, as soon as it entered my brain... I'm going to change this to a five star. (laughs) I'm so glad you said that because I want to make it a five so bad. I think I might go up to four. (laughs) (laughs) This is iconic. I'm calling 911 on us. So I did see a little bit of Barbie in this book. Yes. Are you familiar with America Ferreira's iconic monologue about being a woman? Yes, 100%. Because our main character has a very America Ferreira Barbie moment where he just goes off on this rampage about what it's like following societal norms, cookie cutter lifestyles. I was like... America, are you good? Like, is this what you want? A driveway, a garage, a car. And I'm like, picket fence. Literally naming what everyone had. At one point, he was like, You want a mortgage? And I'm like, Yeah, I would love to afford to buy a house. What are you talking about? I'm like, It was crazy. And the fact that he made it a point to be like, What is this emotion? I'm getting aggravated. My voice raises. And he's like, yelling at her like normie normie 
it was very much Jughead. Have you ever seen me out with this out without this hat? I'm so weird. Oh my I'm a weird <laughs> I'm a creep. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like Chandler. You saw Barbie for sure. I'm so excited, you guys. This journey is gonna be a winding road. It's a new turn for our podcast, guys. <laughs> Have me back, please. I would love to read more extreme horror and hear your takes. I'm so down. Wow, I can't believe that Carlos likes this book. Rose and I were like, he's giving it a two. Yes, we thought like he was gonna hate it because he hated 100% Match, and I felt like a lot of people like like that book. I never, I didn't read it, but I thought it was well liked. And Carlos was like, "Ugh, I hated it." <laughs> I just thought that one was boring. What? Yeah, I don't know why. And then the ending was just so dumb to me. The dumb ending is like very standard. <laughs> What'd you guys think about this ending? I loved it. I loved how ominous and weird it was. I wanted more from the ending because like I'm not a, a shut, closed door ending type of gal. So I wanted to like, I don't know. I wanted to see him to his end, you know? But it doesn't take away from the book for me. And I just loved the very last line like the buildup was so great because he was like he was like oh the the headlights are coming in through the window i can hear the the husband you know helen you home i'm ready for sex i got your flowers <laughs> and the last line of the book is him on the couch smoking a cigarette you know very cole sprouse and he's like i hope he likes sloppy seconds iconic like fade to black <laughs> literally fade, fade to, to black. black just with the smoke <laughs> so good i was like i would not have wanted that to end any other way agree and then i'm thinking like what could have possibly happened next the the husband comes in finds the scene in a, in a fit of rage just fucking kills the main character or calls 911 the main character's in jail that would have been not as satisfying of an ending if he was just like in jail and that would make me sad like no my king i'm <laughs> i need him to be free the no. one part where he was like i'm not really hurting anyone like they're dead people like he was kind of having me convinced i was oh like my God. all right i can get on board maybe like <laughs> I would love to be his therapist. I would love to know, like, the ins and outs of his brain. I feel like just getting this little taste of 200 pages, I'm so intrigued. Would you guys recommend this book? Yes. Not for everybody, but yes. <laughs> yes. For extreme horror lovers, yes. Well, I think we can wrap it up here. Hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs> Our brains have melted. We're just shells of people at this point. Well, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Um, we know we went a little extreme on this one, but it was fun. And Haley, thank you so much for coming and joining us for the insanity. Thank you for inviting me. I love talking about extreme horror. If you want more tea on extreme horror, please check out my channel. Um, I have a lot of extreme horror content going up this month in August. Some of it is controversial. So if you want to hear about it, whether to have your voice heard or hear a complete opposite opinion and eviscerate me in the comments. I welcome either. <laughs> plug away. Plug your channel. Where can they find you? I am just Haley Hughes at Haley Hughes on YouTube. Um, You can find me at Flower Reads A Lot on Instagram and now on YouTube, even though I have been a little bit in my A, but I'm going back. <laughs> Iconic. You can find me on Instagram at 
Kingdom of Books. And you can find me on Instagram at Lauren H. Writes, as well as YouTube now as well. Yeah, read anything good. I had to do a pun. I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> Just like our main character. I'm very punny, you know. Very quirky. <laughs> so quirky, so different. You know me. She's a weirdo. <laughs> Just a weirdo. Actually, I forgot. I actually have to go check the monitors. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no way!